Coming up on this episode of the RunningRestaurants.com podcast, I speak with Lucy Logan, CEO and founder of MenuCalc, about how they're helping so many restaurants make their menus more profitable. Good stuff coming up. Stay tuned. Hey folks, Jamie here from RunningRestaurants.com. As you know, there are a lot of elements to consider when growing a restaurant. It can be overwhelming, and that's why I recommend that restaurants check out Pop Menu. Pop Menu has restaurant technology designed to make growing your restaurant easy. Attract more guests to your website, stay top of mind, and drive new and repeat business. Make your systems work better together and conquer the chaos of your restaurant's digital presence. Pop Menu is technology for restaurants that are ready to grow. For a limited time, get $100 off your first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com running. Now go and get $100 off your first month at popmenu.com running. All right, folks, welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to know to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel. Today, we've got a great episode for you with Lucy Logan, CEO and founder of MenuCalc and FoodCalc. We'll talk about that. Lucy, good to see you again. Welcome. Hi. Nice to see you. Thank you for having me. When we spoke the last time, uh, mm-hmm. kind of just privately about, about your business, we talked about pivots how yes. the business has changed over time and where you are today. So so tell us about that. Where you started, where you are now. What do you think? Definitely. So we we started as a compliance company um almost 20 years ago. So we started producing a web-based nutrition analysis platform primarily for food manufacturers and retailers to obtain the nutrition analysis and the FDA nutrition labels that you see on the back of cereals and cookies, et cetera, anything you'd see in a grocery store. And then California started to talk about a calorie posting law where restaurants would have to provide calories on their menu and menu boards if they were at 15 locations. And we were extremely fortunate at that time to partner with the California Restaurant Association Mm -hmm. and take our existing nutritional platform and really layer it into a restaurant operator friendly format. And that was sort of a catalyst for us to move slowly out of the CPG and move into food service. And we sort of made our home with restaurants and food service and hospitality, providing an online compliance solution that was nutrition and allergen focused on their recipes. And COVID came, and and I think everyone in our industry probably echoes the same thing, that we sort of adapted or, you know, in some cases um, we couldn't adapt and um, we, you know, either pivoted or unfortunately, you know, as some companies, you know, they had to close their doors. And we were at a moment where it was a pretty serious sort of fork in the road. Do we stay trying to provide nutrition analysis to restaurants when they were just trying to pivot to get their dining rooms to go digital? They were trying to understand what exactly is third party ordering. And I think, Restaurants are the best at what they do by by sort of providing and selling experiences, the taste, the sound, the clinking of the glasses, the the low murmuring when you walk into a dining room. And that was all closed. And particularly for us being here in California, it was almost up to, I think, 12 months where that experience was gone. And we realized with the similar immediate pivot from experience to product, we had to do the same. And we realized that what happens if we took this nutrition information, what happens if we took these menu and ingredient insights 
and actually pivoted them towards a marketing program. Um, 86 million people in the United States have a dietary preference. 34 mm -hmm. million of them have a food allergen. Mm -hmm. We know that they frequent 25.5 times more. We know that um, individuals who have an allergen can help a restaurant operator boost their profit margin by 24%. A article just came out, I think, from Data Essentials that said that vegetarian and vegans will actually pay more for a menu item if that is sustainable. And we sort of thought, can we take our history of recipe analysis and ingredient analysis and pivot that into something that's a marketing tool for our customers that are trying to digitize their new you know, dining experience? And that's how we launched Smart Menu. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for taking us on that journey. I yeah. I, I remember <laughs> eighteen uh, years. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and you had to and you had to change. And you were in one of the most hardest hit, not hardest hit, but most uh, restrictive markets in in the country that Indeed. went through COVID. The, the the restaurants there, for sure. Very interesting stuff. We'll come back to a few of those things. But what you just talked about there, about certain folks willing to spend more. Uh, the vegetarian folks will pay more for an item if you can show that it's sustainable. Very interesting, and and not not a not a small amount you just talked about there. So, mm -hmm. so I see not not going to say something that's that's out of sorts is the calorie counts are very pre prevalent now, and certainly uh, you can speak to the actual law. Right? I don't know what it is. I know over a certain amount of of restaurants. Uh, over, over units, you have to show that data. So you can talk to that, but I'm seeing more and smaller people do it. Independents yep. are starting to jump on board. It's the first thing my wife looks at at the menu when yep. we dine out. What is the calorie count of this meal? Oh my gosh, I had no idea. That sounds great, but that's not what I'm looking for right now. The trend is just right in your direction, right up your mm -hmm. alley. Talk about uh, that aspect of it, how it's changed so much. It's really interesting because I feel for us as the company sort of shifting away from nutrition analysis and moving to ingredient insights is far more palatable, I think, from a, an operator's perspective. And, and also, I think, from a guest and a diner's perspective, um, you know, most of the time we we go out to eat, we are there to enjoy, we're going to indulge. And now if you're at 20 or more locations, those calorie counts have to be on the menu and menu board. And I feel that sometimes diners feel that, you know, I've just come, I've left my work. I've, you know, maybe I'm going out on a date. Maybe I'm going out without, you know, my, my partner, without the kids. And I want to just go and enjoy and let loose. And then all of a sudden there's sort of calories on the menu. And I think restaurants were very fearful of doing that for a long time. They thought that it would affect their bottom line. Uh, they thought that people would choose perhaps salads over steaks, which obviously mm -hmm. would have a big difference in the, the final check price. And that hasn't happened. And I think the beautiful thing about being transparent um, when it comes to the menu and the offering, the beautiful thing around shifting from compliance to ingredient insights opens up this huge dining market. Those 86 million people I mentioned have a dietary preference. There are still millions of other people that are watching their calories or they maybe need to increase protein or they need to sure. um, you know, lower saturated fats, whatever those individual personal preferences are it's a marketing opportunity for the operator and i think the interesting thing that we have seen with our shift to smart menu is 
shifting away from nutrition analysis and moving to ingredient insights. What insights can we as a company give our customers that help them market their menu better to their diner that's looking for this information, be it calories, trans fat, um, shellfish, or gluten-free or sustainable? Well, let's, let's go there and stay there for a little bit. Those marketing opportunities, those insights, how... Mm -hmm. Have you seen folks effectively take it? What is the software doing now? Because I'm sure it's so much more powerful than it has been in the past. I know mm -hmm. we talked about uh, when we when spoke, it's easier to change now, right? So what can a restaurant do? And you could talk about a case example, whether it's fictional or real, about how to you know highlight stuff on the menu, highlight what's in there in terms mm -hmm. of the opportunity to sell more of it, uh, to know that the awareness of it, what do you got? That's a great question, Jamie. What Smart Menu does is it's a real-time live sync up from our recipe analysis platform, MenuCalc. And because we originated as a compliance solution, we have that granular, accurate quality information that is needed to meet those menu labeling standards or to make sure that a menu item is safe for an individual with an allergen. And what we've done now is take that information and feed it into a direct guest-facing display on mm -hmm. the restaurant's website. And it's okay. completely co-branded. And then a diner would typically click on nutrition guide or allergen information, which historically was a PDF. Sometimes it would download to a separate section. So imagine sort of the friction if you're a diner on your phone and you're trying to figure out where it's downloaded to. But with Smart Menu, it's a separate page that is real-time synced up to the recipe. A diner can click a button that says, I would like to see menu items that are gluten-free. And then the menu items will change and they will be highlighted for that particular diner, which is a great experience for them because they can go through the menu item far quicker. It's a great experience for the restaurant operator because they're not having that front of house cost of the server says, I don't know, let me go back and ask the kitchen. That's right. And then the kitchen's like, we're trying to serve, you know, and we've got all these plated items going out. Hold on one second. And it just, it actually disrupts the flow. And if you do that over multiple table turns, over multiple locations, over multiple days, weeks, and months, it is a huge labor cost. And Smart Menu, because it is digital, because it's synced up to the recipe, it is that source of truth. And then layering that filtering system on based off of the individual dietary preference, it just speeds up that person or that guest's um, sort of information that they're looking for that meets their individual dietary preference. Yeah, exactly. Well, you you answered it before I could get to it, but I was going to say the training aspect of it jumped right out at me because a lot of times we ask as diners, does this have that, you know, what goes with that? And then... Oh, a lot of restaurants suffer from, from new, new employees and yeah, that going back and forth to the kitchen asking the questions, not a great experience. And while ultimately I'm not saying restaurants don't train your staff. Absolutely. They should know everything that's in everything, but in the short term, if the customer can answer their own question via the phone, which they already have with them and they're probably already using. And a lot of folks are ordering right from the menus anyway, or scanning a QR code, yeah. add, adding that layer of information. Um, plus a lot of people, especially if they have dietary restrictions, like to research ahead of time yeah. what they want to eat because they know they're limited. And so if they already know, and that resource is there, that's great. So 
logistically the restaurant is very simply it sounds like adding stuff on their computer and then that's going to the cloud and it pulls up right on the phone i mean is it is it now that simple it is it is and one of the the great things we love it is when a a restaurant will ask us okay what's the integration process mm-hmm. and the integration process is you take this snippet of code which is directly associated to your recipe analysis account and you replace your URL that was a traditional PDF. Mm-hmm. So that's your sort of integration. There are a couple of unique things that I think are, are important to note. One, because it's a live feed to menu calc, we all know the fraud issues with supply chain. So if an, a customer goes into the menu calc account and they sub out a, a different type of hamburger bun for another one, Let's say they were using one and now they're using Colstermans and that one has sesame on it. Because we have that direct information from the brand, we now know that has an allergen in it, that has a change of potential nutrition information, and Smart Menu just automatically updates that to the guest. The operator doesn't have to download that recipe information again, send it to someone who's in marketing, who sends it to someone who's in digital, who then goes onto the website. And it's a real-time live sync up, which we're hearing from customers are, are saving 10, 20, 30 hours of that downloading and uploading of that nutrition information. That's a big change. Yeah, absolutely. That That's a big change in terms of the staticness of the historically would have been to change that on the, on the fly is terrific. I'm curious, and this just kind of goes maybe outside of what you do, but since you're so deep into recipes, do you find in your in your travels when you meet meet in a restaurant and you go, well, for this to work, we need your recipes and you need to have everything costed out and figured out and image. And they're like, oh, we know that, but we don't necessarily do that. Like, do you yeah. come across that aspect of, of, of in the restaurant? We do, we do. I I used to wait tables um, in my late teens and early twenties when I moved over from England, and it it was very much, you know, you sort of scratch it on the back of of mm-hmm. a piece of paper and you know the chef's special was usually sort of scribbled through in italic and and so i think we still have that and and we should you know when you go out to eat away from home it's an experience it's an opportunity to leave everything else at the door and come into someone else's dining room and to have their experience that they want you to to have and and have their food and flavor and taste and cuisine and we absolutely, there is a direct correlation between the, I guess one could say the number of locations or the size of operator compared to the the data that their recipes are stored in. Um, so sort of typically we see one to five locations. You're not going to see an operator that's going to have nutrition or their recipes in an Excel-based column format or a CSV right. um, or a PDF spec sheet, which we can then take we put it through this proprietary upload um, software that we have, and then it automatically matches it to all the ingredients in our system, which we have about 480,000 of them. Oh my gosh. Um, so because of that, sometimes we do prefer to sort of say to those customers that are interested in using Smart Menu, just pick a couple, maybe do 10, maybe do 20 that we know are going to be vegetarian, they're going to be allergen friendly, they're going to potentially be sustainable. Let's give you a little bit of marketing tools. And then over time, as you're ready and you've got resources, you can put your recipes in a nutrition analysis ready format. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's a process. That's an and it's an undertaking. And we do, and we got a. a I'm not sure when this will hit, but we have another webinar coming up where I know we'll be talking about food costing and the importance of that, mm. and 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 knowing everything that's in there. And it, it is a process that not everybody undertakes fully. Yeah. But uh, as you're talking, I'm I'm kind of just I'm, I'm scanning some stuff on your website, uh, who we serve, you know, what we serve. Talk about the clientele that you guys are. You're in California, but I don't think you're geographically constrained. Mm -hmm. What type of um, operations you work with, both big, small? What do you got? Yeah, so we um, we have support about 30,000 locations um, with the nutrition analysis, allergens, and then now Smart Menu. Smart Menu is... Um, I guess smart menus are sort of diamond in the rough, if you will. It started literally as operator, let us help you comply quicker. You you were doing 101 other things, trying to digitize your, your dining room because of COVID and everything was closed. You're trying to spin up QR codes. You're trying to spin up loyalty programs, all extremely valuable digital processes in that chain. Um, and they were having to export nutrition information for menu calc, put it in an Excel file, put it in a PDF and send it to all those people. So we just realized that we have to digitize that. And then on top of the number of supply changes that were happening, our customers were in effect doing a lot of data entry. And that's not, that's not a compelling enough, I think, process that we wanted to sell. Um, and so Smart Menu literally was built out of a necessity to hope that our customers would stay doing their nutrition analysis with us without having to take too much of their time. Because it's digital and because it's hosted by us, we realized the amount of data that we were collecting across our Smart Menu customers, which you could be two locations. We've got independents that use a smart menu all the way up to three, 400 plus locations. Because sure. it, it doesn't matter. It's not the same as a menu labeling law. It doesn't matter if you are one location or you're 2,500. A diner is going to come to your site, going to come to on-premise or come to your website with a preference. 86 million people. And to force them to have to find this information that suits their preference in your footer, in a PDF, we have to change that. And what we realized in just six, seven months of Smart Menu going live across about 280 locations, so not a huge amount, we were crossing into the 500, 600, 700, 800,000 unique diners were interacting with Smart Menu. And we yeah. just crossed 1.5 million diners earlier this year. And they're putting in their information, they're filtering. And so we take those insights and then we provide them back to our customers in their menu count dashboard and they can make real world marketing decisions, real world seasonal, real world limited time offers um, that are directly associated to their diner's preference. I mean, we all we all eat differently. The future of a menu is an individualized one, not a generalized yeah. one across the board. Right, right. Yeah, good, good, good summary points there. I pre appreciate that. Um, also poking around the side, I see stuff like a blog, content. Is that something you guys believe in producing education stuff? Anything, any tips there you'd share? We do, we do. I think, again, sort of shifting away from compliance to sort of insights. We spend a lot of our time on the blog and on the resources pages, just helping our customers understand the rules and regulations. Mm. And if you're 20 or more locations, you have to have those calories on the menu and menu board. 
And there's all these other nuances that they have to be in the same font as your price, and then it has to have ranges. Oh, and yeah. so we took a 180-page FDA sort of registration uh, document and turned it into little snippets under our blog and resources page. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, it is really important that an operator has the ability to find someone who is a thought leader in the particular space that they love, they're passionate about, and they can just rely on them doing the research in advance versus a restaurant having to tool through pages and pages of insights and yeah. rules. Nobody, uh, in capitals, nobody wants to yeah go through that 180-page document uh, when they're trying to run, run their business. So yeah, to kind of pull out the essentials from there and, and spoon feed it is, is great. I, I see also, I didn't click on it yet, but yeah, case studies, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you do there? Anything that top of mind or anything recently pop up in, in your head that you've done case study wise in terms of looking at, um, what folks do and how they benefited from what you folks do? Definitely. And there's a couple of restaurants. Um, some actually happen to be in Southern California and we showed them the insights and they, they kind of looked at what was happening on the diner side. So they could see the X number of diners were taking avocado out of the build their own quinoa bowl or build their own salad. And they realized, well, if we're buying all of these fresh avocados, which are super, super expensive in California, very yeah. high spoilage rate, don't often transport very well. And less than 8% of our diners are actually adding those to their build their own bowl. And again, we know that because they're clicking on nutritional allergen information, they made a direct change to their recipe purchasing ideas. They made a direct change to some of their limited time offers. And it's the same with some of our other customers where they're using Smart Menu now as a training tool, a front of house training tool. We've got one customer that has a pretty high turnover mm -hmm. of front of house. And so now they said, our, our guests not only can click on smart menu and filter by preference, but so can our staff. That's right. And so our staff can be educated within this really nice single web page. They click a button. It shows all the items that are gluten-free or shows all the items that are free from dairy. And it helps them become far more informed and create that great sort of rapport at the table side. Um, those are the types of case studies that we're really starting to to bring out into the the forefront. The traditional ones have always been, you know, compliance. Um, and there's a couple of um, testimonials recently. There's a, a Mediterranean concept in Las Vegas, and he said, "You have saved hundreds of hours for us mm. in the ability that it just auto updates." And we kept having to swap out different types of protein because of supply chain issue. Um, so those are the really great things that we hear, yeah. um, which you wouldn't have thought a, a nutritional analysis company could help um, labor savings or marketing. Um, well, that's well, but interesting. My, well, my next question, so this I think it'll work out fine. I was going to say I'm going to put you on the spot, but I think it'll make <laughs> sense because I'm going to say since you're dealing with so many restaurants and you're getting feedback <clears throat> across everything they do, any any advice or any learnings that you're hearing from clients? Generally, in that you think could help operational wise, could be a tip that you just picked up from Las Vegas that could work in California or San Diego to Boston. What are you hearing out there that you think might be interesting to share? Respectfully, <laughs> please replace the PDF of your nutrition and allergen information. Yeah. 93% of consumers go to your website on their mobile phone before they go on premise. 
86 million people have a dietary preference. They visit the most, they spend the most, they're the most loyal. It's a huge underserved market. And by hiding this information in your footer, by hiding it in a PDF, which is not mobile friendly, it you don't have to do that. And I think let's, I would say, throw out what you think is, you know, what you've heard from how historically we were saying nutrition information is bad and compliance is, yeah. you know, a nuisance. It is a huge opportunity if you just put it on the forefront, if you just digitize it. And the difference between our customers when they put smart menu at the top, where it'll say menu, locations, nutrition, some of them actually say smart menu, and then about us, and then franchise, you know, the kind of the standard header. The amount of diner interactions and engagement restaurants get when they put it at the top, which then lends itself to true, true insights. What is the diner looking for? What are they filtering? Do we have a vegetarian following? Oh, we thought it was gluten. Mm -hmm. Put it at the top, understand who your diner is, and then tailor your marketing and messaging and menu to that. I, I promise you, I promise you can have a, the platform for free for a year if I'm wrong. I promise you uh, it's the right thing. Guaranteed. It's internet. It has to be true. So yeah, no, yeah. Very, very good. No, I, I believe that. I believe that. So a uh, couple of things as we, as we wrap up a couple more minutes, yeah. I will put you on the spot one or two more times and, and you can, you can go any direction you want here, but you're leader of a company have been for years any leadership lessons you'd share in general or a mantra or a quote that you use with your team what do you think gosh um i think it's i made so many mistakes i think um we've got the team is all different um experiences and background um and i i guess ages um and i think one of the things that works for for us is just being very kind of humble in you know what i made a mistake or we we spent $40,000 on a marketing company because we went to a trade show and we saw the larger restaurant operators doing that or we saw bigger software companies doing that and and we shouldn't have. And I think it's really important as a leader to say to the team, not a leader, but it's, I think it's important as any team member to go, yeah, we probably shouldn't have spent that budget. Um, and it's okay to make mistakes. Um, and I think one of the things that I feel really, really um, passionate about is soon as you come through that office door or you know home office or wherever you're working, you're you're not you're no longer that person you were at home an hour ago. You're still you know a mum or a dad or a you know a cousin or a best friend or a roommate. Yeah. You're still that person, and I think I think companies need to do a far better job of understanding that. That as soon as you walk through the door, you're not an employee. You're still Lucy. You're still yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Um, and that's worked well for us. Um, it's definitely interesting being in the food industry for as long as I have been being a female, you know, that's, de- <laughs> you've definitely had to learn a couple of um, thick, uh, thick yeah, sti- th- skins th- on th- that thick skin stuff. Sure. Yeah. But um, I, I think that from a, from a team's perspective, but um, yeah. Sorry, going to the book. So um, I, I just always read, I just read this book like repeatedly. It's dog mark, how to win friends and influence people. The, the most tackiest uh, title you've ever heard, but everybody should read this. I read a little bit every day. I read a chapter every day, but 
one of the most recent chapters was on admitting your mistakes. If you made the mistake, yeah. man, admit it uh, straight up rather than uh, waiting for someone else to come to you. It's the, really the best formula out there. It happens to us all. We make simple yeah. mistakes. We make big mistakes. Uh, it is a good lesson to yeah. you know admit them, move on, grow together rather than try to hide it or defend it. The worst thing you can do is defend the mistake. It's you know it's really really not great. So I thought that was good. Any any uh, books on your sh shelf today recently that you'd uh, say, hey, check it out. One of my favorite books is The Infinite Game by hmm. Simon Sinek. Um, and I might not be pronouncing his last name correctly. So apologies, Simon, if you watch this, but The Infinite Game. And it's, it is one of my all time favorite books. And it, and it really sort of speaks to, as a company, you have the choice, you can fight and, and sort of get into the finite game of growing and, and running a business, or you can get into the infinite game where it's an infinite sort of finish line it just keeps going and keeps going and it really speaks to innovation yeah. the opening chapter is about um the swiss army knives just after 9 11 and they realized 90 percent of our products are no longer going to be able to be bought on the airlines because sure. they were you know swiss mm -hmm. army and they were nail clippers and whatnot and rather than the team and the ceo and the leadership going that's it we're doomed they thought well people are still going to travel. What can we take with our existing customer base? What can we take with our current sort of footprint and sell back? And that's, they now sell more travel bags, um, toiletry bags, laptop yeah. friendly bags that you don't have to take out for the x-ray. Mm -hmm. And that's how it starts. And I just love that infinite pivot that businesses always have an opportunity to evolve into. Okay. So well, I'll, I'll, I'll put that on my Amazon shopping list. I'll pick that up in the next, in the next few months and okay. check it out. So I appreciate that. As we, as we close, I want you to go out to send them to websites or white papers. I know you have a couple of sites or social media. Where would you like to tell folks to go? Yeah, I would say go to uh, menucalc.com um, and you can grab all the information about Smart Menu and LinkedIn, uh, Lucy Logan on LinkedIn. We are starting to do quite a lot of um, sort of digital promotion on, on LinkedIn. I think it's a, a wonderful opportunity to bring like-minded people together. Um, we're going to probably start sharing a lot more facts and insights on, on smart menus. So uh, look for me, Lucy Logan, uh, CEO and founder of Food Calc on LinkedIn. So look forward to connecting with you there. Perfect. Uh, good stuff today. Uh, folks, that was Lucy Logan of MenuCalc. You can find them, as she said, on the web at menucalc.com. For more great restaurant marketing, operations, service, people, and tech tips, uh, stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Review us, please. That all helps. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Lucy. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the runningrestaurants.com podcast. Please, if you would, do me a big, big favor and hit the like button on this show. And please subscribe or favorite us in your podcast platform to get future episodes. We'd also very much appreciate your feedback or review of the show. If you would share that, it'd be great and a big, big help to us. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon.